The Guardian. The decisions we have taken today bring sanity to our public finances and stability our economy. They deal decisively with the largest budget George Osborne's savage spending cuts announced on Wednesday are going to have far-reaching implications for most of us all around the United Kingdom. I'm standing in Leeds Market in Kergate, with shoppers busy around me, buying everything they want, flowers, meat, clothes, toys, you name it, this is a place where you can get it, and usually cheap. It feels a long way away, though, from Whitehall and the lives of the members of the cabinet, several millionaires among them, who were involved in making these decisions. I'm Martin Wainwright, and as part of The Guardian's Leeds Cuts Watch, this week's Focus podcast will be looking at how the spending cuts are likely to affect the people and the city of my hometown, Leeds. There are a lot of people here employed in the public sector, and with something like 490,000 job cuts announced in the public sector, there's a lot of anxiety here. Leeds is also a university town, and in addition to the news that students are going to have to pay more to study, which is likely to hit numbers, the services which support the university are going to be affected too. I'm just going to walk around the market and see if we can get some reaction to those cuts. Gentlemen here, you, you, um, I was just going to ask you your view of the um, public spending cuts announced today, and especially very big cuts in local authority budgets. I don't know what you do and whether what, whether it would affect what you do. Well, uh, I work with the Prevent Programme, which is um, part of Leeds City Council, trying to de-radicalise youngsters on the streets and things like oh, right, that. Yes. So um, it's going to affect us no end. You know, We haven't been getting much funding before, but if this is what's happening now, so we're going to be really, really struggling. I mean, that's very difficult, sensitive work. It is, it is. And it needs it public funding. It does, it mm. does, and we rely on it. But most of these kids, they're, they're off the hook what we work with, so... You know, they need that. We need some sort of um, funding so we can, you know, get them to do things with their life. You know, and it doesn't come without money. Mm. The, the Seven Seven Bombers—they were actually, they actually resided in Chapel Town where we live. Mm. Chapel Town is uh, Beeston as well. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. But they actually resided in Chapel Town mm. for a while, and we don't know how many kids they could have, you know, no. put something in their minds or something before they went and done what they did. Well, thanks very much, okay. and, and good. I mean, it's important work you're doing. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. I, I, don't, I don't really like understand like the politics because I can't watch it on TV because I think they're not in real world as far as I'm concerned. I were always brought up with parents like paying the taxes and that and I've always been learnt to like, you know, go work out and like if you work for it you get more of a good living and, and rest of it and that but they make it really hard so... For them people are, are you, getting a big amount of light wage. Are you in work yourself at the moment? I you? am, yes. What, what do you do? Uh, hairdresser yeah. and barber. And is, is that, are, are you finding that, you know, are you making a go of it or is it hard times? If you no, it's hard times. It's hard times when you get an electricity, um, a gas bill, sorry, for like three and a half hundred pounds and it's a summer, summer bill and my boiler's like not working but then when you look on like little like short print and it's like, I don't struggle for work to like have a nice life, you know, for my comforts. No, just to keep going. My next uh, stop on this focus podcast special on Leeds and the effect of the public spending cuts announced by George Osborne on Leeds is the Civic Hall um, and Councillor Keith Wakefield, he's the Labour leader of Leeds City Council and I've come up here um, to the council offices to talk to him about uh, his initial reactions on how the city's going to cope with these swinging cuts.
Keith, very good to see you. And you. Keith Wakefield, the leader of Leeds City Council, and actually a man who um, earlier this year was delighted because Labour got back into power in May. Um, but I hope it's not too much of a poison chalice, Keith, in that you, your administration is the one now that's facing a 7% cut apparently every year for the next four years. Yes, I mean, uh, poison chalice is an interesting metaphor. But I think I've always thought that we're elected to take responsibility. And it would be easy just to say no thank you and let the administration coalition carry on. But I felt there was a duty for all of us to show civic leadership. And I feel that even more stronger now. And as you probably gather, yes, it was going to be 6%. It's now 7.5%. So we're now looking at £150 million cut in this council's budget over the next four years. It's been flagged up for quite a long time that, you know, doom was coming, as it were. Have you have you been able to prepare the ground? I mean, every council has a number of people who retire or go on to other jobs. There are certain bits of slack in the system, but not many, I imagine. No, you're right. Not many, because we've already made a hundred million pounds efficiency saving over the last four to five years. So officers have always been working on ideas to save money, and this has been accelerated in the last few months because, as you say, it's been well trailed that we're going to have a tough time. So people have been offered voluntary severance in terms of the employees and that's been well received about 1,700 have already indicated they want to go and we'll have a look at those numbers we're already closing buildings and right down to closing the tuck shop here which will save 30,000 right up to looking at sharing resources with the health and the police has been looked at and is still being looked at in order to save money. Do you, where do you think the, the pain is going to come so far as the people of Leeds are concerned? Because you, uh, on the council, interact with them, touch them at so many points. You're absolutely right. We make the difference to the quality of life of our citizens here. And some people have some very easy answers by saying, well, why don't you close all the arts and sports centres and parks because you don't need them? And I would actually say to them, In actual fact, they may be discretionary spend, but they're absolutely vital for our citizens because that's what makes the difference to the quality of life. But I feel the particular pain is going to come in adult social services. We're already overspent by £7.5 when we inherited administration in May. Today's announcement makes that extremely difficult to sustain now. And so we will have to look at some very serious and sensitive issues about our care services, about our residential homes, in order to get through the next four years. One area which was singled out in the spending review was benefits and welfare. It was announced that £7 billion will be cut, and that's in addition to the £11 slashed in the last budget. Those on incapacity benefit will be particularly hard done by. Their benefit goes after just one year as a claimant. I've come down to the job centre, what we used to call the Dole Office in the middle of Leeds. There are lots of people milling around outside. I'm going to grab a couple to see what the spending review is likely to mean to them. What do you think about this thing with the disability benefit? They're saying that if you've got a partner who's working, then that partner will have to support you and you won't get the disability. It's diabolical. So that partner's got to go out and work more and more hours to support the person who's disabled in the first place. Who's going to look after that disabled person? 
My, my daughter's in here now. She's um, she finished her, she's had to pack a job in through bullying. She can't take it any further because everything's just been denied and she's coming here now. It's the first time that she's ever been in any place like this. She's gone in, there's immigrants shouting and bawling, there's people walking past and screaming at her. I couldn't go upstairs, they wouldn't even let me in the building. We've been turfed out. We're not allowed to go in, we're not allowed to see what's happening or anything. I can't go and sit with her and give her any moral support because they won't let me in there. Actually, that is interesting, isn't it? You know, I mean, I suppose that's all part of making it hard for people to claim right, benefits, yeah, isn't it? Don't get me wrong, she's she's 20 year old, but she's very naive. Mm. So one one slip of the tongue, one one question that she can't answer, we're not getting anything yeah. anyway, and that's what it is. And also, it, it's very true, isn't it? I've met lots of people who've, you know, worked all their lives, and then they've suddenly had to go into a job centre, and, and even even the experience of doing that, you know, because they don't want to feel they're asking for help. Oh, it's horrible, that. Absolutely awful. They, t- they look down at you for a start. It's like something you've stood in. There's nobody that's willing to help. When you've been in just now to the job centre, one, one of the things they're saying is they hope that the private sector will take up the slack. I mean, are there many jobs in there? No, there is not. Not at all. Not because I'm like, so all I can do is light work and there isn't any. That's why I decided to go on a computer course, get that behind me, because I am at the moment coming here as I am, without no qualification, no skills. I'm trying to please myself and trying to please them, but they're not accepting it. But now I've been told to go on another computer course. It's free tree trading, which to me is a good thing. And you used to work on the railways down in London. Railways and a post yeah. office. And, and do you, I mean, do you, at the moment, are you drawing benefits? Are you getting benefits? Oh, yeah, I'm on job seeker allowance. But they're beginning to say, are they, you know, yeah. come on, Brian. You come need... on, try and do something, yeah. Yeah. Can I just ask you one personal question? How much do you get in, in the benefit on a weekly basis? Uh, I get paid a fortnight. Fortnightly? Which is 130 quid. Yeah, that's not a lot for two weeks. didn't. Because that, that, you've got to pay your food, electric, gas, and such like. You've got to pay a certain amount to a private landlord, which are where I am. So we just talked to a couple of people there outside Leeds Job Centre Plus, and um, I think it brings it home, doesn't it? You know, people, there's a lot of loose talk about sponges and people um, living off benefit but when you come to this place and uh, see what it's like and you've got the mum there waiting outside in the cold and it is cold in Leeds today while her daughter's who's never been in uh, a job centre before is inside um, trying to sort things out uh, it isn't easy and um, the idea of further pressure being put on these people is is one that doesn't uh, make you comfortable. As we were discussing with Councillor Wakefield earlier, the money for local government will be hugely slashed in the Comprehensive Spending Review. This is going to impact on all sorts of services, and not least those which look after children. Dee Lazenby is a cluster manager. She coordinates services which look after young people in community projects in North West Leeds. She's already been told that her job will probably end in March due to lack of funding. Like many councils, Leeds has been planning for these cuts for at least the last 18 months. Apply for funding if funding is required to put on activities or to bring in additional services uh, within the local community. Um, I work in four different communities within Inner North West Leeds. I work in Little London, Burley, Hyde Park and Woodhouse. All four communities are deemed as uh, deprived uh, communities. Uh, lots of social housing, very, very, very um, culturally mixed uh, communities. Sometimes when you put down on paper, it's difficult to understand. But when you actually live the role, you understand why it's so crucial to continue this role on, you know, even if there are cuts within the local, local government. It is crucial to keep this role on. If it wasn't for my role, and then there'd be 
quite a lot of duplication within the communities where people will be start doing things in their own silos, setting up clubs, putting on services, not realising what's happening around the corner. Um, what other services are put on very similar services or activities and, uh, and we could work together in partnership to put, to put on one big activity for the community rather than different silos happening within the area where my job is to bring people together to work in partnership, to work in harmony. In this community, in the inner city, it's becoming more important to make sure that services do work in partnership. After school activities in all the schools, got holiday activities in all the schools, and that has dramatically reduced the antisocial behaviour rate um, within his, his inner city communities. That's been evidenced by uh, the local, poli local police have done the statistics. Also, parents who want to work are able to uh, drop the kids off after school to do their activities and continue to work where if they had to pick the kids up from school, they might be able to do a full-time job, they might be able to find a part-time job. Delays and be there. Just one example of the good work being done by council-run services, which shortly may be coming to an end. Leeds resident Mike Reeve is a 22-year-old with strong views on the public spending cuts. He's also a council worker with grave fears for his job, especially as he works in the arts and culture field. And the news that the arts is going to be cut by 1.1 billion is not improving his mood. I work at Abbey House Museum in Leeds, um, which is like a social history museum about Leeds um, and Victorian Leeds and all this sort of thing. Um, and I also work around the museums, like the art gallery and this sort of thing as well. I'm on a temporary contract. Um, they, won't, they won't give me a, a permanent contract because they harp on about not having any money. They say, oh, we can't afford to sort of like take you on as a, as a permanent because at the end of six months, we don't know if the money's going to be there to take, to, you know, to keep you. So all it, all it basically is, it's a veil for taking people on, and it means they can get rid of you on the cheap. Because if they took me on full time, and then they wanted to get rid of me, they'd have to pay me off. Yeah, the massive cut in the arts and culture budget shows that the Tories just don't give a shit about working class people, just normal people having art and and free cultural things to do to go to museums, which is basically free public education. And all, this, all these things are going to be cut back. Art's going to be cut back. Programmes invested in art is going to be cut back. All these things that, you know, that we fought for, things that enrich our lives, the Tories don't give a shit. They can afford to go to the opera because they've got loads of money. During like an economic crisis, it's a time when they... I mean, we didn't, workers didn't cause the economic crisis. It was, you know, it was the bosses and the bankers that caused it. But they're, they're making you know, the working class pay for the crisis through cuts in our public services, through cuts in education. And it really shows like that class isn't something that disappeared. Like Thatcher said, she said there was no such thing as class. Tony Blair carried this on by saying, oh, we're all middle class now and all this sort of thing. And um, it shows that there really is, like the Tories have got a real class position and a real ideological attack on the working class. Because cuts in education, it shows that like a time when their profit margins are being squeezed. They're going, well, what's the point in working class people going to university? We don't need to educate them anymore. Mike Reeve there. Well, here in the city, we've got both the University of Leeds and Leeds Metropolitan University. Between them, they attract 60,000 students to the city. The economic boost this gives to Leeds can't be emphasised enough. And with the news that higher education is going to be cut by 40% by 2015, the number of young people coming here, spending money in the bars and shops here, studying here and in, in many cases staying on to work here, will surely dwindle. There's also an impact away from the students themselves. 
catering services, maintenance workers and faculty staff are all going to be affected. So I've come down to the University of Leeds. I'm just talking to a, a young lady who's um, in the Institute of Medieval Studies here and you were saying you're thinking of um, going down to London when they have this demonstration about the cuts. Yeah, we were talking about that this morning with my friends from the medieval studies and um, we're going to miss a Latin class, but uh, the point will be to save our Latin teacher's job. We're very concerned about medieval studies and the future of this really important part of history. Do you think medieval studies could be at risk because, you know, the man in the street who the politician is getting his votes from, you know, if you said, would you rather have, have your welfare benefits paid or have medieval studies you know you can imagine what they would say yes yes they are and that's a shame because uh, it, it is so important and it's so much to learn from medieval it is a really amazing time for um, intercultural connection well you have to take your medieval banners down to london yeah that we were thinking actually uh, we were thinking about maybe making a latin banner because latin is actually so important to understand this world what's no more cuts in latin Oof. Uh, I'm just starting Latin, <laughs> sorry, so but I will be I will be thinking about it. It's a bit chilly in Leeds today, although the sun's shining, but it's cold. And I've just come inside the uh, student union here and uh, bumped into Mark Seward, who's a third-year law student here. Mark, have you had time to kind of absorb all the announcements about um, the cuts and especially about higher education? Yes, yeah, I have. I mean, obviously there were no surprises. We knew what was coming, um, but it's it still doesn't make the impact any less severe. Uh, we're going. We're seeing from the government's own reports that the 10% of the poorest people are going to be hit the hardest. And in terms of higher education, we're seeing something close to 40% cut over the next five years, which I think is unacceptable. It, it must be very difficult to take that on board. I mean, 40% is pushing up to half. And, and the idea of institutions like this, you know, you come into Leeds University or Leeds Met University, it's overflowing with kind of bright, bubbly young people. And you think, God, you know, what's going to happen to 40% of this? Yeah, I mean, you have to wonder. Obviously, uh, it's it's going to take its toll. Uh, the, the, the whole idea of this is to introduce the market into education. So, of course, we've got to couple these cuts with the increase in tuition fees that we're expecting, depending on whether or not the Lib Dems rebel. Um, but if these fees go through, if these higher fees go through, it's almost certain that we're going to see university numbers shrink, the number of people going to university shrink. And what's more, you're going to see the number of people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds going to university also shrink, which is unacceptable because one of the benefits of having so many people come to university is that you get these people from lower, lower income backgrounds and middle income backgrounds, yet more of those coming to university and making the best of their potential and abilities. Are you, are you optimistic about your voice, your voices being heard? Because, you know, you're all very eloquent, not just because you're law students. <laughs> but I mean, for example, one of the MPs here, Greg Mulholland, he's a Liberal Democrat, and I believe he has come out and said he won't support the higher education cuts, which I think has had something to do with the lobbying he's had from here. Yes, I mean, Greg has to come out against these cuts because he comes from a university seat, which he only won in 2005 off the back of the Labour government that introduced tuition fees in the first place. So he has to come out against it. It's great that he has. Obviously, it's fantastic that some MPs are going to honour what they've said they'll do before the election. You know, he promised not to vote for any rising, to vote against any rise in tuition fees. And he's definitely going to do that. Uh, Rachel Wenstone is the um, Communications and Internal Affairs Officer of Leeds Student Union. Um, Rachel, hi. Has has the we're we're, we're only just absorbing um, George Osborne's announcements, but are people beginning to react here at the university? Are people beginning to take on board what it all means? Um, I think the, the biggest day that we had was last week when the Brown Review came out. Um, obviously, because it was so focused on higher education that 
you know, when you're talking about taking the cap off fees, it, it really affects people here. It really affects their brothers and their sisters. And, you know, and they're thinking to the future to their own children. I think that was a day where it really clicked home that actually this is very dangerous. This is very dangerous for higher education institutions. Um, and so when the CSR came out and that confirmed everything that we suspected anyway, um, I think it's sort of that sort of doom settled in a little bit and that realisation that this is what we'll be facing over the next few years. And also in the longer term, um, I was reading an interesting article in the Leeds Guide uh, latest issue about the way that a lot of Leeds students who come to Leeds, you know, maybe from down south, other parts of the country, actually stay here. And that also is an important part of the economy, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we're seeing is actually a shrink in the graduate job market around Leeds. Um, and yes, yeah, so many, I mean, I, so many of my friends have graduated stayed around Leeds because it's a fantastic, fun city. Um, it's big, but it's not London. Um, and yeah, there's a great, there's a great graduate um, market for jobs. Um, and that's shrinking. And if that shrinks, then people will not settle here. Their children won't settle here. They won't go to the to Leeds, uh, Leeds Uni or Leeds Metal, Leeds Trinity. And we've just, we're just going to see the city shrink. We're going to see the university shrink. And we'll definitely see the student population shrink. Yeah, and, and another part of the of, of the university economy and also the city economy more widely is all the all the other people who work here, who look after the buildings, who do the catering, who, um, I mean, your gardens are very nice in this university, I have to say. And I mean, that's the kind of thing that you think, well, you know, gardens could go for a bit. And so is, is, is that too, you know, is the worry there, do you think? Absolutely. I think if you look at, I mean, if you sort of, if we look at maybe student support areas, you know, there'll be less, you know, the university will, will be able to afford less in facilities and services. So that's less, less security guards, um, which is obviously not safe, means for a, a less safe campus. You've got less gardeners um, for, you know, visually, you've got less, um, yes, uh, support staff that can work out of hours, um, less, um, uh, sorry, uh, worse facilities in halls of residence and with catering. Um, and uh, I mean, all of those things make such a I mean they're 50% of university life it's not just you don't just come here and and turn up to your lectures there's so much there's so much else. Do, do you sense at all that um, students may play a part in um, reaction to the cuts over the coming year and indeed years I mean I, I, I've just got your excellent newspaper lead student here and the main story is about protesters when Channel 4 Jon Snow were up here talking about um, education cuts and the rest of it and there was there was like a demonstration and people came in and I mean I, I was at university in 1968 so I remember those fun times, <laughs> but but and but people, you know some the more sort of wild people are talking about France, where students have got a great reputation in this. I'm not trying to incite you, but do you think that all that sort of youthful energy may may spill over and people say actually we do need to do something to change this? No, absolutely. Um, I think when you when you look at what you know France moves its pet you know moves its pension age to 62 and people start tipping and burning cars and here we just about wave some placards for the biggest fundamental changes that probably hit this country in in many years. Um, so I think it's about time that people did sort of did get up and, and 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 had some sort of reaction to that. And I think the fact that NUS and UCU were the first unions to actually first national unions to really be making the fuss and and having that march and that demonstrations um, speaks volumes. I'm just outside the, the university, Leeds University now, on Woodhouse Moor, which is uh, a big park in Leeds um, of great historical significance because it's here that in the 19th century the Chartists gathered in huge numbers uh, to agitate for political reform in those days. It wasn't so much a question of jobs, it was um, as basic as trying to get the vote. Um, and I'm with John Barron, who uh, is the Guardian's man in Leeds and keeps a very close eye on Leeds for us through his page on the website, his blog and many other things. John, I don't know if you can just briefly describe how Leeds has felt since the recession started to bite uh, after the banking crisis, what it's been like here. 
Yeah, clearly it's been affected just like any other major city in the uh, in, in the country. Um, there have been uh, major uh, developments such as the Lumiere development, which was due to be the highest um, or tallest residential skyscraper in Europe, which has been suspended. Uh, what we're left with there now uh, is a is a hole in the ground. And any sign of the voluntary sector taking up the slack? Do you think? I mean, already a lot of stuff is has been contracted out to the voluntary sector, like you know, elderly people's day centres and so on. Um, and the Leeds Community Foundation have just had this enormous boost from Jimmy Heseldon, you know, 23 million quid. I mean, do, do you get the feeling that there's energy there? I mean, at David Cameron's big society. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I certainly think there's a lot of talk from the council uh, and a lot of very positive talk for the first time in many years from the council uh, about collaborative working. Uh, and I think that will be actually a positive outcome that will come from uh, from, from all these cutbacks, uh, working with the voluntary sector and, and working with um, other organisations in the city. Uh, and I think that's going to be an important way forward. I, I think that the grant from Jimmy Heseldon is an exception rather than the rule, though. And a lot of the voluntary sector and third sector organisations in Leeds uh, are really struggling for, for, for funding and struggling for money uh, and uh, I know of a lot of groups already that are either closed or are on the verge of closing because they can't access the funding uh, and there are a lot of mainstream health org- organisations in the voluntary sector in Leeds that are, are really struggling to, to find the finances to, uh, uh, to to continue and to continue all the projects that they're involved in um, so, so um, it's ironic at, at the very time when the third sector and voluntary sector are really needed and really required um, that they're they're facing a number of difficulties. Right, hopes and fears for the future, I mean um, this is in a sense the cuts start to bite now but they hope the recovery also begins now. What's your prognosis Dr Barron (laughs) for the patient in five years time? Um, I'm actually quite uh, optimistic for the future of Leeds, particularly from a city centre point of view. There are a number of major developments that are uh, that are in the pipeline for Leeds. Uh, works just started on the uh, Trinity Leeds shopping centre, um, uh, and there's also works just about to start uh, on the on the new Leeds Arena project, uh, which is going to bring a lot of jobs and a lot of people into Leeds and into the city centre with great benefits for the Leeds economy. Uh, and there's also uh, proposals in the pipeline for the redevelopment and pedestrianisation of. Of Eastgate, uh, so, so there are there are three major developments there in in Leeds, which uh, is, is an investment of around one and a quarter billion pounds, uh, which will be coming to the city hopefully in the next three or four years. Um, so, so there is light at the end of the tunnel. Thanks very much, John. Great, my pleasure. Over the course of this focus podcast, we've heard people like the concerned mum waiting for her daughter outside the job centre, Dee Lazenby on why it's crucial that the services she provides continue and students at Leeds 2 Unis. They all have very real concerns about the future for residents in Leeds. I was born in Leeds and I've been back here working for the last quarter of a century and I share those concerns. We've got plenty of reasons for optimism. The economy of Leeds is forecast actually to grow faster than those of Paris and Milan. But we have also got plenty of challenges and I think especially we don't want to see this city become two cities one that's affluent, doing well and prospering, but the other, the one where welfare uh, and social services and all the things that the council uh, has traditionally provided uh, suffers uh, and becomes a kind of second-class city. That's not good for anywhere, and let's hope it doesn't happen here in Leeds. You've been listening to the Focus podcast from The Guardian. I'm Martin Wainwright, and the producer was Peter Sale. 
For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.